Hello and welcome to VoiceOver Voices, the podcast where we delve into the wordy world of voiceovers. I'm Kathy Ogden and I'm a voice artist, songwriter and singer. And each show, we'll meet a professional voice artist and find out who they are and how they got into this work. We'll also do some slightly ridiculous script games based on the kind of work we do in the studio. My guest this week on VoiceOver Voices is an award-nominated British voice artist, spoken word poet, actor and zoologist, Izzy the Scribe Adiola. I can't actually think of a more interesting combination. As a uniquely gifted and soulful wordsmith, Izzy has spent over 10 years sculpting stories and poems with themes ranging from womanhood and technology to being a late bloomer. His performance poetry has delighted audiences globally as he performed live around the world in his previous life on the creative arts team at Hillsong Church. He has performed in London at the Dominion Theatre the London Science Museum, and the O2 Arena many times, and has even performed at the All Phones Arena in Sydney and Madison Square Gardens in New York. As a spoken word poet, Izzy is a natural for voiceover work. He can be heard on audio dramas, video games, audiobooks and commercials, and promos for BBC Radio 2. On top of all that... Izzy is a certified zoologist with a master's degree in wild animal biology, and he is a former live presenter at ZSL London Zoo. And so, without further ado, welcome to VoiceOver Voices, Izzy the Scribe Adiola. Thank you so much. What a lovely intro. <laughs> Thank well, you so much. G'day, Sheila. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's so funny. <laughs> I'm just this. I have to tell you this. This is so surreal that I'm actually talking to you because you're one of the Sheila's Wheels girls from the Sheila's Wheels commercial. Yes, I am. <laughs> and I'm like, um, and I have very distinct memories of being of watching Cartoon Network as a teenager and every now and again seeing that commercial pop up and being like, "Yeah, get a bonza deal from Sheila's Wheels," and now I'm talking to the person in that commercial. For sure. <laughs> this is so cool. It's surreal. Oh, Izzy, that's so sweet. It's so funny because you are literally the only person I've ever interviewed for the show who knows about my my past life as a Sheila. Your past um, life. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I did. I'm so not going to talk about this for long. But I did that from 2005 to 2019. Do you believe that? Oh, 14 years. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. 14. That's a sweet gig. I know. Yeah. My goodness. I know. It's amazing. That, yeah. Gosh. And I saw that in my team. I think it must have been 13 or 14 when I saw those commercials in various iterations. And it's just so odd. I'm like, I'm talking to one of the Shayla's Wales girls. <laughs> oh, Izzy, that actually makes me feel old. But, you know, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> fine. Fine. Oh, my goodness. I have been so looking forward to this interview because we've kind of... Me too. I'm so excited because we kind of, um, we've met, if you call it that, in inverted commas, over 
Instagram and mm-hmm. beautiful Teresa Lim. And I told her I was yes. interviewing you. She says hi. She's one of my favorite Aww. humans in the world. I love her so much. And, Send her a big um, bear hug for me. She's amazing. Yeah, she really is. And um, anyway, and so that's how we kind of met. And so I've been following your career and seeing what you've been doing and everything. And finally, finally, we get to talk with yes. a weird time difference. <laughs> I know. And it's like ever so slight delay because you're bringing in from down under and I'm here in jolly old England for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> Whereabouts are you in jolly old England? So I'm in southeast London, um, in a place London. called Croydon. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I know Croydon. Southeast, well. innit? Yeah, lovely, innit? Yeah. All innit. Right. <laughs> so that's my ends. I got it. Okay, excellent. I used to live in southwest London until Did 20, you? 2016. Yeah, I, I was there for like 19 and a half years in, in London. Oh. And Whoa. Almost what, was most of your acting career in London? Um, well, no, uh, because I'm really old, you see. So um, no, I had <laughs> I – I pretty much have been, been performing and everything since – Oh, okay, we're going to be nice here and just say the 90s. But, yeah. 90s, yep. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. But anyway, enough about me. This is about you. <laughs> and I am so fascinated in – your you and what you do i want to know what came first was it poetry performance or zoology oh gosh this is such a hodgepodge of a story so basically animals and zoology that was my first love ever since i was i was just that kid who read lots of encyclopedias watched attenborough david attenborough documentaries and pestered my mom to buy me animal toys and animal books and whatnot but i also loved animation and cartoons i was also um a cartoon nerd as well so i watched all the cartoon network shows all the disney stuff and that kind of piqued my fascination into voiceover but i was also a really shy kid because i didn't really like being in the spotlight i didn't really want to be an actor um so there was all of that going on um i actually (laughs) once plucked up the courage as a teenager to tell my mom i wanted to do voicing for cartoons and being growing up in a very traditional Nigerian household, which is originally where I'm from, mm-hmm. um, that was not really met with approval because <laughs> the only audible career options you have as a Nigerian person are doctor, lawyer, accountant, teacher, and failure to your family. So <laughs> my mother, that was those are the options. That that's it. So my mom was pushing me to become a lawyer because I was very good at English. English was one of my strongest subjects. English and biology were my mm-hmm. strongest subjects. So she was pushing me to do a law degree. And I ended up moving to England to do my A-levels. And that was really where the acting bug bit because there was a play that was going on called The Government Inspector. And it was a comedy. And I thought, oh, I like comedies. Comedies sound fun. Uh, might audition because they didn't have a lot of guys. They had a lot of girls in the cast. But I went for the audition and did my wackiest rendition of the, the monologue. And to my shock, I got the part for this play called The Government Inspector, where I was playing this guy called The Postmaster. And that was really where I got bit, oh, I want to continue to do this. I want to, I, I want to, I kind of want to keep doing this. And then went to university. I, did, I ended up doing a degree in politics because the law course was full up. And um, <laughs> I know, what are you going to do? politics as well. Shock. I know. Like this, the zoology oh stuff hasn't God. even started. That came down the line much later. Wow. 
Um, so I'm doing a politics. I was kind of doing acting as an extracurricular activity. I did musical theater. I was part of a gospel choir, part of a dance troupe. Um, and then I, that was where I actually first started doing voiceover because I had a final year drama student who approached me. We kind of been, we hadn't been in a play together, but she said, um, Hey, I'm doing this final year project. It's an audio project. You have a really great sounding voice and I'd like you to play a villain. And I thought, Oh, uh, okay, this is this is kind of new. I it, it hadn't really clicked that that was voiceover, so that was my first time ever in a booth reading from a script. And then they really, she really liked what I did, and then I was called back to do basically a group read, which is kind of like I think in America they call it, um being looping or being part of a loop yeah, group. Yeah, loop group. So yeah. I was so they had it was a sci-fi audio drama, and then there was three or four of us actors kind of making all these ambient noises, screaming because the plane spaceship was crashing and all of that. And that was really, really a lot of fun. And that was the last time I ever did voiceover up until years later. Um, when I graduated, was I graduated with my politics degree, was looking for politics jobs and nothing was coming up. And I became really unhappy. I was like really, really just depressed. I was like, what am I doing with my life? This is where the zoology part came because... One of the reasons why I went into zoology was because I am a failed software tester. Believe <laughs> it or not. <laughs> what? Mm -hmm. You're a failed software that... tester? How does... What even is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a person who tests software, apparently, okay. because I didn't get that far to do it. <laughs> oh I just, I, I had to basically had to do an ex I do, I had to do a course and then pass an exam to get certified. I failed the exam three times. And again, this was at the advice from sort of relatives because I also mentioned that I wanted to do a, be, to do modeling because I'm quite tall and quite well built. And that also did not go down very well. That was, that was, a, that was a bad day in my 20s. My 20s were not a fun time for me, <laughs> career-wise. Wow. So that was how I ended up doing this software testing course and failing it mm -hmm. and then being really depressed and frustrated just pulling my hair out thinking what am I supposed to be doing and I just had this inner feeling that you know this animal thing that you want that's kind of want to be going and I was like no I can't build a career from this I don't know what I'm doing no and just resisted that <laughs> inner calling um and at the time I was working in Starbucks it was my first job out of college and my boss who was a really really cool guy named Rudy he was talking he, he knew that I was into the arts and I was into zoology and the last time I failed he said hey dude, just come into the office. I want to have a chat with you. So he called me into the office and he said, hey man, how's it going? I said, yeah, I need to reevaluate my life a little bit because things are not going really well with this software testing gig. And then he just said, look, I'm going to talk to you, not as your boss, but as a mate, okay? With this software thing, this IT thing you got going on, I think you should scrap it. And I was like, oh, the relief that just came over me. I, and he was just like, look, I, I hear the way you talk about performing arts and the animals and all that sort of stuff it's like you have only one life so you might as well just start pursuing things that you actually enjoy and you know i took his advice i didn't know how i was going to do it but i was like i think this is the path i need to go and it was a very long winding path that i'm still on today it started with volunteering at london zoo as an animal educator um, at the time i was going into schools with ferrets and bearded dragons and corn snakes and talking to kids about wildlife and conservation as part of this, the outreach team at London Zoo, and then becoming a volunteer zookeeper for a little bit, um, where I almost got spat on by a llama and I got bitten by a meerkat, so that was fun. <laughs> 
Yeah, I got some stories. <laughs> I got some stories from the animals. And that was also where I realized that vo- that's what also where I realized that zookeeping as a job is wasn't really something I wanted to do. I was grateful for the experience, but it was like it's labor with animals essentially. It's, it's manual labor plus animals. So I was like, okay, this is not something I want to do. Um, but I also really liked communicating and I liked sort of presenting and whatnot. And I was like, mm, I kind of want to get some sort of degree in this. I want to get more qualified. I've done this volunteering, worked there in the education department on and off. You realize I've been yammering on and on. I haven't even gotten to the voiceover this stuff. This is so great, though. Uh, I love it. This <laughs> this is why I knew you were going to be an amazing guest because this is such a great story. Yeah, no. please do carry on. So okay, so I decided. Okay, I need to get some sort of qualification in this. So there was a course I went on findamasters.com and there was a course <laughs> called Wild Animal Biology, a master's degree. I already had an undergrad, and um, then I was like, huh. I rang my mom and I said, hey, mom, you know that master's degree you've always wanted me to do? I'm going to do it in this. <laughs> and she was like, ah, why do you want to do this? You want to still want to work with these animals? And I was like, yep, this, this is what I'm going to do. If you want me to get that master's, it's got to be in this. So she, that was how that happened. And I ended up doing a master's in wild animal biology, which was hard work, but also a lot of fun because it was very practical. I was shadowing zookeepers at London Zoo. We were having field trips to places that catch birds of prey, went to a seal sanctuary. Um, and also we were working with vets as well. So I did that for about two years. It should have been one year, but I failed my thesis. So I had to take another year, tweak that and submit that and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then when I graduated, I um, was working as a presenter at the Science Museum as an explainer. So I was doing science shows, um, making like slime and setting off water rockets. Really, really good fun. Um, <laughs> And then the trigger to kind of going full on into the voiceover stuff and starting that journey, it actually came because of a very, very sad story. Because during that time, as you mentioned in the intro, I was part of Hillsong Church and the creative arts team. And I was going to places like Sydney and New York doing spoken word poetry. And I was like, this is amazing. And getting all these opportunities. My life is going at a particular trajectory. And then Towards the end of 2014, I believe, 14 or 15, I can't remember now, um, I got a call from one of my aunts that my mother had passed away and she didn't, yeah, and she didn't die of natural causes, unfortunately. She was in Nigeria and she had basically been killed by one of the household. So she'd essentially been murdered in cold blood and I was destroyed by that news. This was towards the end of... Yeah, this is, is towards the end of 2014, I, no I believe. Idea. Oh my yeah. goodness. So oh. this was insane. Like it was, uh, my whole family was shell-shocked because it came out of nowhere. And we, it was towards, the, it was December 13th that I received the news when she passed. And then I had to go back and do the funeral. I, to, I wrote a poetic eulogy and for her death and all of that. And unfortunately I had to, we had the wake on my oh gosh i'm trying to remember the dates now but basically i gave a poetic eulogy for her on her on my birthday and then i had to put her on the ground the day after so it was everything was just like like my relatives they tried we tried to get the date not on that day but they just we just couldn't move things around it was all just very very sudden so that was what had happened and then i went in i was in nigeria at the time in december and then i went back in january and was just kind of processing 
everything that had happened. I was months and months of just depression. And I stayed with a friend of mine who said, look, just come around. Let's just, just stay with me for a little bit. And I was talking about just life. It, it made me hit home that life was just fragile yeah. and that life could just go like that. And we were talking about just what we wanted to do with life. And he asked me a question. He said, he said, if you had thousands in the bank, if money wasn't really an issue, what would you do with your life? You know, if you were comfortable, all your needs were met, what would you do with your life? And I thought about it and I said, well, I'd kind of like to do this voiceover thing. It's always been knocking around in my head. I kind of like to see if I'd, if I'm good at it. And he was like, well, why don't you give that a shot? You know, you know, you're not guaranteed tomorrow, so Mm. you might as well. So that was what I did. And um, I took my first voiceover class. Um, a friend of mine was kind enough to pay for it because I wanted to see, okay, I have an interest in this, but do I actually have the chops for this? Am I actually any good at this? So let me just take a class and see. Because I had act- an acting background, but when it came to the voiceover stuff, that was just, yeah, I hadn't done anything since uni. Yeah. So I went for this class. It was run by a guy named um, John or- John Paul Orr. And it was a one-day workshop, and I was hella nervous being in front of the microphone. And interestingly, <laughs> and the feedback that he gave me after the workshop was over in an email was just like, you know, good reading, but quite nervous. And I was like, of course I was nervous! This was the first time I'm doing this in front of all these strangers and you. Of course I was nervous! But I'd also been doing, what I didn't realize was I'd been doing voiceover even as part of the creative team. Because I the poems that I wrote... I recorded them on microphones ah, in the church studio. So I've always had this, it, it kind of always been been with me. Yeah. Um, but then I found out, I ended up seeking out a guy named Jay Britton and I did some voiceover coaching with him, just the business side. And then I ended up part of um, a voiceover organization called the Voiceover Network in the UK and just found other people like me who had similar goals. And they, and I just made different friends with regards to the voice of a community, and they're like, hey, you, oh my gosh, these people know who Jim Cummings is. This is so cool. <laughs> I can't find my people. They know that Nancy Cartwright voices Bart Simpson. Yeah. Oh, this is so great. Uh, so that is, and that has been, this has been a five-year, five, six-year journey with regards to voiceover, with regards to just learning and coaching and branding and marketing, learning how to use technology, or basically all the stuff that is basically 80 to 85% of being a modern day voiceover. Like, yeah. I don't know. I was just happily naive, but I didn't realize that there was all this other stuff that came with it. So that has been a very, very slow progression, but it's also been a lot of fun. Um, what have I talked about? I've talked about the zoology. I've talked about how I got into voiceover. What else did, what else did you ask me? Well, you've, no, you've answered the question, which was what came first, poetry, performance, or zoology. And I know now, but... What a journey, Izzy. That's just incredible. So now that you've been kind of doing voiceover work for five, six years, um, well, this since you put you seriously put your mind to it, is there do you find that you're you're finding your niche, like or niches? Are there sort of areas where you're sort of naturally progressing into? It's interesting because I've done quite varied bits, like the bits here and bits here. Um, it's interesting. My agent, funny enough, um, mentioned, I spoke to her recently with regards to my sound because I have quite, this, the first thing people notice about me when they meet me 
is my height because I'm exceptionally tall. Um, the second thing they notice about me is my accent and they never can quite place it. And I always play the accent game with them. And I was like, oh, where do you think it's from? What does it sound like? In fact, I'm going to play it with you. What do you think it sounds like? I've already told you I'm from Nigeria, but this isn't a typical Nigerian accent. So what do you think it sounds like? Well, what are it's you interesting hearing? because I hear, I, hear, um, I hear the Brits in there. I hear, I hear the British sound very much so. Um, but then on certain certain sounds, I can hear a tiny bit of American, like a mm-hmm. you know, something in there that sounds slightly American. Yeah, I don't know. I think you've. I've, how tall are you though? Izzy, I have to know. Well, according to my medical records, I'm six two and a half, but I always oh, round that off to six three. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. My, so my, my mother said I was a very long baby when I was born. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Her words. I'm five eight and a half, but I I rounded up to five nine. If I'm yeah. Anyway, wow. That's okay. pretty tall. That's pretty tall. So yeah. So your 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 accent is a bit of a yeah an enigma. It's um, yes. Yeah. It's it's so very much a hodgepodge. Because I imagine, did you have a different accent before you came to the UK? Because often people's accents change when they change country. So was yeah, that kind of this it, is or well, you know how you mentioned you can hear a bit of American. That yeah. has kind of always been with me even growing up in Nigeria because I watched a lot of cable. We had a lot of American television. So I picked that up by uh, via secondary exposure. So there's that. But when I came to the UK, I picked up the Brit because I spent two years um, in Harrogate up in North Yorkshire um, in a very posh boarding school, which I didn't realize was posh until I left because it was just a new (laughs) experience. And um, up north, they, they have really strong northern accents up there, and I heard a bit of the Liverpudlian and all of that. And um, so there was there was that thing that I picked up as well. And then just living in the UK, hearing different accents and living in London for a bit, you get exposed to different accents as well. So that's also kind of melted in there. But in terms of the work that I kind of do, it usually tends to be things like um, the, the, the London read yeah. or... Yeah. If I'm voicing characters, I can do standard American or African American. Um, so because I've realized that my accent is quite um omniglobal. Someone I had a casting director said you have a quite an omniglobal accent, and I was like, oh, I will take that and yeah, use that for my branding. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> so it depends on the project. In terms of the niche, po- poetry and spoken word is um kind of my USP. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was a spot that I did for, it wasn't a commercial, but it was more like an internal video for a brand called Bulldog Skincare Products for Men. Yeah, and I, I it was that. kind of this sort of, <laughs> oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. And um, it was kind of, the voice was kind of this sort of London spoken word poet, kind of very chilled, um, reading the words kind of in that sort of style. So whenever my agent has something that is like, when they're looking for a spoken word poet, I'm from London. I usually get called for those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but for when it comes to things like maybe um, a radio commercial or maybe just a corporate read, I put on the Brit. Yeah. Um, and then I I make the British sound a lot more stronger and then sort of do that. And and then also when it comes to like the odd Nigerian stuff, when it comes to an African commercial, um, then that will also I'll bring my natural Nigerian roots. Um, or maybe another accent. I did an audiobook once, which was based in Kenya, where I did Kenyan accents as well. Oh. So that was. So is it? It's, it's a lot. I'm I'm super ignorant when it comes to African accents. So what's the what's a, like a difference between a, a Kenyan and a Nigerian accent? Okay, so Nigerian. As I'm talking to you now, eh? So Nigerian kind of sounds like this. Um, yeah, sort of. 
It was based in West Africa, sort of close to Ghana, Togo, all those places. But then you go to somewhere like Kenya and it's more East African and then you're talking more like this. And uh, so there's you see that the, the notes are a bit different and how they pronounce certain things is a little bit different as well. So um, those are kind of the two distinct um, African accents that I can pull off, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ah, wow. Okay. Well, I think... On that very note, we need to do our first mm-hmm. little two in a booth. Ooh, two in a booth. Two in a booth. So oh, yes, the scripts. Scroll down the scripts, yes. So because because of your zoology and because I love animals, that's another reason I wanted to talk to you because I'm I've just, I've, as a child, I mean, all my life, I'm just completely obsessed with animals. I love them. I can and... see from your Instagram feed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the, all the birds that you draw, beautiful work. <laughs> Thank you. So I've decided to to do a a little a little thing with um Pango and Batty and Pango is a pangolin and Batty is a bat. Nice. <laughs> and um and if you look towards the end you'll see there's a there's a little tag and this is just like this is kind of um speaks to what I'm seeing on the social medias at the moment on the social medias. Mm. God, I on the social medias. I'll sound a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I think if you would like to be, <laughs> if you would like to be Batty, is that all right? Or you can be Peg, actually choose. You decide. How can I say so? I'm just glancing through the script now. Please glance um, away, yes. Yeah. I'm going to be Pango. You're going to be Pango and I'll Pango. be Batty. Okay, cool. And then at the end, if you just do the tag in your regular kind of, you know, advertising tag voice. So much, much obliged. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't do it in that voice, <laughs> but yes, I will do it. <laughs> and now we come to what characters we'd like to be. Like, um, I could do the character wheel, but uh, I, I don't know. Is there, is there a favorite character that you've done in uh, like a. I'm just trying to think if there's a character or if there's an accent I might give them for this little pangolin. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to do them in like a, a wheezy kind of Brooklyn accent. Yeah, I love that's what that you're Yeah, doing I'm going to read them like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna read them like that. <laughs> I'm going to be from London then. Nice. So, yeah, we're gonna be a bit different this time. I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna try and stay in my accent because um, nice it's one. quite difficult to do that when somebody's doing a different accent. But I'll, is that all right? Do I, do I sound do I sound a bit sort of like I'm London? Yeah, you sound you sound pretty good to me. Alrighty. <laughs> I know I'm going to end up being American by the end of this, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to evolve into American. <laughs> All right, here we go. So off you go. You're, you start. Okay. Psst. Hey, Batty, you awake? <sighs> yep. Just getting my beauty sleep. I love the way you sleep upside down. Very dramatic. Why, thank you, Pango. I'm a big fan of your scales, too. Now that is some serious body armour. Yeah, well, I may look tough, but I'm a big softy, really. Yeah, I know. And I might look scary, but I'm more angel than demon. Unless you're a moth. Ooh, I love a nice moth myself. So, Pango, I've been meaning to ask you... Betty, you're not going to bring up the whole who started COVID thing again, are you? 
Maybe. I was just going to ask if you've had any, you know, cold or flu symptoms. For the umpteenth time, Batty. I've never even sneezed. Me neither, but I'm still persona non grata to the old humans these days. (laughs) Half your luck. You try being delicious to those guys. Point taken. But sometimes a bat just wants to be loved, Pango. Oh, Batty. I'm really very fond of you, if that's any consolation. Thanks, Pango. You're a delicious, I mean delightful, friend. Hilarious, Batface. Still squabbling with your friends over COVID? Don't be batty. Be COVID safe. Beautifully done. Thank you. Oh, Love your London was... accent, go. <laughs> I was you got a bit re- cockney in some places. You <laughs> <laughs> did get a bit cockney, sorry. <laughs> I am, I'm hopeless at staying in London. Um... <laughs> I mean, if yeah, you're not. <laughs> Listen, staying in London. That's know, why you're back in Australia. If you know what I mean, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was lovely. That was lovely. That was good fun. It <laughs> was really good fun. Uh, try being delicious to those guys. So, anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, so back to the questions. Oh gosh, I yes. have so many for you. So. One of the latest things I saw that you were putting up, you're posting about, was a sci-fi drama called Venice Planet. Yeah, so I recorded that at the start of this year um, when we were still on lockdown. So we were all recorded re- remotely. It was quite a big cast, and I was in my little booth with a duvet over my head, and we zoomed in, and it was very surreal, but it was a lot of fun. So I, uh, I play a character called Zoltan who is kind of the right-hand man to the Countess, who's the main villain of the, um, the audio drama. And um, Venice Planet is actually based on some comic And this is kind of the audio fictionalization of the comic book. Uh-huh. So that is, so that's what was based on. So Venice kind of the titular lead. She's this kind of strong, badass female, um, a female lead. And she is stranded on a planet. She comes across a lot of characters that are either helpful or horrible and she to try and find her friends and i play um i'm playing one of the villains in that and that was really a lot of fun um that was i've done audio drama before last year which was uh yeah the year that we shall not speak of but that was my first <laughs> experience of doing audio drama or was it the year before i can't remember it's all a blur now it's mm-hmm. all a blur but i did this and it was like oh this is good fun i get to i get to act in front of a mic again as much as i miss i really miss being in the room with other actors but this was a lot of fun just kind of bouncing with the other actors over Zoom as well. Yeah, fantastic. So you also played a character in that called Krog number one, is that correct? That's right. So the Krogs sound like this. <laughs> so they're kind of the minions. They've got this thick Cockney accent, at least that's what I gave him. And they're kind of these toad-like minions who are kind of running around, being the underlings, doing all the grunt work. Love it. And how did Zoltan sound? Oh, Zoltan is just my voice. Oh, um, okay. It's just my right. normal gotcha. my normal speaking voice. Got it. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Zoltan is me. <laughs> Excellent. So you were working at the zoo, though, till just before COVID hit, weren't you, as well? Like that was... Correct. Yeah. So so, it, so, so was you You were a casualty of of the dreaded virus, I, I'm assuming, and the, the zoo... Yes, in, indirectly. Not, no, yeah, no, so no, I didn't not get directly, sick. obviously, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't get sick, but it did cost me a very, very fun job because I'd been 
that, that was my latest gig at the zoo. So I started as a presenter in spring of 20, 2019. And it's a job that I've actually been wanting to do for some years now, because I've always applied for it when it's been advertised. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I basically combined voiceover and animal presenting, yeah. so, which is two of my favorite things ever. <laughs> and the job was just, I was the guy who rocked up with a microphone when the, the tiger was about to get fed. And I'd be the guy who said, hello, everyone. This is our eight-year-old Sumatran tiger, Asim. I'm going to tell you some facts about him whilst he rips off that rabbit from the, <laughs> the, the feeding pole. <laughs> Dead rabbit, I might oh. add. It's not alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would freak out the children, I'm sure. It freaked me out, to be mm. honest. Look at the children! <laughs> oh, Izzy. I'm so, yeah, so, it was so fun. Yeah, but I'm assuming that, that um, the zoo has, has reopened and, I don't know, are you going to try and get a get your job back there or are you moving on now to the voiceover world more full-time yeah i've kind of i've i've had my moment of grieving because i did try to apply and see what else was there i tried for four or five different roles since leaving and um i say leaving i was made redundant um and um it just wasn't happening it just wasn't happening this door was just not opening so i took i took it as okay this is the end of an era i'm going to grieve the end of this era because it was a lot of fun because collectively it wasn't just that job it was eight collective years of working on and off volunteering and studying at London Zoo. So that was, that's quite a long time. So I just took it as, okay, this is the end of this era. Let's see how we can transfer your interests and your skills into more the voiceover side of things. So I've, I've had enough time away from it to kind of um, get it out of my system and grieve and kind of move on into other areas kind of thing into more the voiceover side. Having said that, I have another another job that is nothing like what I used to do. It's more sort of the admin stuff. And my, what's the word? My journey now is figuring out how to transition into doing this full time, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, got it. Um, I see you as somebody who could definitely use all your skills and end up, I'd love to see you presenting wildlife shows, you know, that sort of- Oh, I'd love like, to do that. That is another dream. <laughs> being the narrator and also being the live host. Can you imagine? I can just see you doing that. Thank you. That's what I, I wish for you. That is what I wish for you, Izzy. I would love to see you doing that. Just, Me too. Yeah. From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> right. You and me both, my dear. <laughs> well, in the meantime, we all know that doing commercials is what pays the rent so of course i'm going to give you some quick fire direction on if you go right down to the bottom there's a quick fire direction it's a very short script oh yeah and uh this is so much fun i don't know whether you've heard this on previous episodes but this is just kind of like being in the studio and you have a you have a really insane director who (laughs) who gives you the craziest possible ever directions of which i've actually had a few in my life anyway (laughs) i can imagine (laughs) Uh, okay, so can you see? It's if you can imagine, this is for a a, um, a new car, a new eco car. Yeah, eco car. Okay. So if you would just like to do it as whatever read you would imagine that that kind of a tagline would deserve, and then I'll give you some very very serious directions. <laughs> very very serious in quotes. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just going to do a straight cold read yeah. of this and then 
you can start the insanity. Okay. <laughs> okay. No gas, no emissions, no worries. Introducing EcoCar. It's who we are. Oh, I like it. Can you do it like a prime minister? <laughs> <laughs> I know just the one. <laughs> no gas, no emissions, no worries. Introducing EcoCar. It's who we are. Oh, so good. <laughs> Guess who? <laughs> From the sublime to the... Can you do it like a grumpy parrot? Parrot, sorry, not a parrot. A grumpy parrot. Yeah. <laughs> no gas, no emissions, no worries. Introducing EcoCar. It's who we are. Very convincing. But uh, I'd like it now like a whisper. Ooh. No gas, no emissions, no worries. Introducing EcoCar. It's who we are. Excellent. Now, can I have it like an elderly gentleman? Uh, no gas, no emissions, no, no worries. Introducing e EcoCar. It's who we are. Where's, where's my glasses? <laughs> and now like a child. Oh, God. Children. <laughs> uh, no gas. No emissions. No worries. Introducing Eco Car. It's who we are. Yay. <laughs> now like a hypnotherapist. Ooh. <laughs> no gas. No emissions, no worries, worries, worries. <laughs> Introducing E-Car. It's who we are, who we are, we are, ah, ah, ah. Ooh, ooh, I'm going to have to buy one now. Right. And <laughs> <laughs> um, can I have it like um, equal emphasis on each word? Ooh. Uh, let me. That's a weird interpretation. Okay, I gotta interpret this. <laughs> no gas, no emissions, no worries. Introducing Eco Car. It's who we are. That's so hard to do that. Well done. <laughs> Okay. I didn't even know if that was what you wanted. That was really good. All right, so just two more. Emphasis on the product name and the third last word. Yeah, but, but product name, third last word. No gas, no emissions, no worries. Introducing EcoCar. It's who we are. Beautifully done. Okay, one last one then, and it will be the maximum charm. Max, ooh. No gas, no emissions, no worries. Introducing EcoCar. It's who we are. Ah, uh, see? Done. You get the job. Sweet! <laughs> that, was, that was so much fun. <laughs>
That was so much fun. Oh, it is hilarious. Do you, have you been in sessions where people have given you directions and you've just gone, what are they talking about? Yep. Uh. One or two of those. And I was just like, oh, can you do it in this accent? Que? <laughs> que pasa? Oh, you're very good at character. Uh, do, you, do you, I mean, obviously you do it. You've been, you know, in the... Um, Venice Planet and things like that. But is that something that you would like to explore more, doing animation or things like that? Yeah, gee, I don't really know. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and you are not you are not the first person who's said this to me as well. Um, funny enough, I was doing an audiobook a few years back and just doing all the different characters there. And the engineer who was recording me, he said, you really shine when you do characters. And I was like, huh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this. I'm going to take that to heart. And funny enough, that was that was the genesis of why I wanted to do voiceover. It was characters. It was cartoons. You know, I, I wasn't the kid who did impressions to impress his mates, but I always did that with my brother, uh, who was also an animation buff. So that definitely is something I need to pursue. I need to get my, I need to get a camera demo, Cara, character, camera. I need to get a character demo done at yeah. some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, absolutely. Love, love. It's just very freeing. So what is your, like, uh, you know, can you do some of the classic cartoon characters? Have you got one that you just break into every now and then? Nee, what's up, Kathy? <laughs> <laughs> love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And this is, this, this is another one from your neck of the woods. That's uh, <laughs> 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 like Kathy. <laughs> Tasmanian devil, love it. Uh, Taz like Taz, but Taz hate water. That is so good. I love Taz. Loved Tasmania in the 90s, one of my favorite shows. Oh, fantastic. Um, Right, well... I, uh, I was just I was just thinking my, my sister and I used to do an impersonation of Mickey Mouse doing a John Wayne impersonation <laughs> and it went like oh this believe me I'm probably going to cut this out so <laughs> but it went I haven't done this for years okay Pluto get on your horse and leave town <laughs> that's, that's difficult to do as well Mickey doing John Wayne yeah because I, I can kind of do Mickey Mouse uh huh Oh boy, but I can't do Mickey Mouse doing John Wayne. That, that, that's kind of hard. <laughs> that's really difficult. It's really... <laughs> that, that's really hard. Very uh, silly. I love it. Oui, I love oui. it. I love it. I love it. Oh, right. Okay. Talking about silly, I think it is that time of the show. Oh, actually, we've got two more things to do before we get Ooh. one of your beautiful spoken word pieces. But um, I wrote a promo for you. Uh huh. Um, this is very on brand for me. <laughs> Yeah, I would love to hear you doing a promo. So, again, choose choose your character. Celebrity, who's in the zoo? Nice. Okay. This week on the premiere and final episode of Celebrity, Who's in the Zoo? Can the penguin positively improve on Panda's previous performance? Will the wildebeest wily wise win? Can the toucans carry off the can-can? Will the tigers insist on getting the lion's share? Don't miss the first and final episode of Celebrity Who's in the Zoo tonight at 8 on Mate 88, mate. <gasps> I didn't know you did an Australian accent. Oh, <laughs> so Every now and again, I pull it out. <laughs> Nobody who's not Australian can do an Australian accent. 
Oh, snap. That is high praise coming from you because you are a certified Aussie. So thank yeah, you. That is high praise indeed. I had no idea. Oh, that is so cool. I'm sure you'll probably never need to use it, but it's so cool. Never need to use it. Maybe for a character. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, judging by... I had to wait for Sheila's wheels to come around for me to actually get something where having an Australian accent in the UK was useful. Yes, it's yeah. a plus. Yeah. And it was, and it served you well because I was like, what, a 10-year gig? It was a 14-year gig, yeah. I mean, we oh were... Oh, my we word. Were, well, I was representing the brand up until the end of uh, tw- 2019 from 2005. But, I mean, we weren't on television. I think the last time we were on television was probably about 2015, something like that. For real? So, so did you the, just do it on radio, voiceover? Yeah, I did all their voiceovers and I sang the jingle. I mean, the other the other two fellow Sheilas were singers as well, but because I had the Australian accent, I did all the all the lead stuff and all the voiceovers. And and when you rang right. Sheila's Wheels, you got me. I did all the IVIs and all that stuff. So, yeah. Oh, so cool. I know. It was really cool. You are literally part of my childhood, oh, <laughs> my, my adolescence. Easy. That's so sweet. You, literally, for, that is so cool. For those people who are listening who don't know what we're talking about, I, it was Sheila's Wheels was an Australian-themed car insurance brand in the UK and it was three of us dressed in pink sequins from head to toe with 60s hair and makeup. And very it was glam. Very glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and we actually became a girl group as well, the Sheilas, and we were signed to the Sheilas. The Sheilas. Flighty zoom shoot here, cars. Love it. We did, a, we did a, 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 a song called I'm So Happy, Happy, You're Mine. And it was just so funny. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> Oh, it feels like a lifetime ago that it really wasn't oh. that long ago. Anyway, so, and now for something completely ridiculous, I have been so excited about you doing my nonsense poetry, Dam, in your uh-huh. best spoken word, Issy the Scribe. This is the most meaningful poem you've ever read. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. I haven't <laughs> even, I've only glanced at this, so this is going to be a, a cold-ish read. Go for it. <sighs> It'll be fabulous, okay. I know. And let's face it, if you get something wrong, it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> it's nonsense. Exactly. It's not the point. It's nonsense. <laughs> okay, here we go. Lima imperative, why basket joy? Harrowing farms of treacle. Ministerial washer vex Hawthorne this. Bleak, forensic, clown the triathlon. Nor grape tickle when chowder lope. Cookie the hack pelican emergency. Blink or Thursday. Cameras then innocently lump jaundice on pavement. Tomato? Filaments could solve despotic amendment. Hay stolen do multiply frosty? Mercury soiled through beacon vibrato be nostril. Arm thrice for jellyfish. Pummel! Dainty moose. Now. That was just beautiful. (laughs) So do I call my agents? (laughs) Did I book the gig? You booked it, honey. One for the real. Honest. Sweet. 
sweet. I love it. <laughs> oh, that was fun. That was, it's, funny. it's like you do it so much seriousness, but it's absolute nonsense. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes. I had so much fun writing that for you. Yes. I, 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 you I, I, I threw the odd animal in there just for you as well. So, oh, I uh, appreciate that. <laughs> I, I actually did something like this, but I used all the adjectives from 2020. To make one like this. I saw, I think I, I saw, did you post that? Yeah, it was, I posted yeah. it on Instagram and, yeah. and it's also my yeah. TikTok as well. Ah, fantastic. Yes, I, I am on TikTok against all my better judgments. Uh, look, I, yeah, that's, that's, that's a social too far for me, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> genius! <laughs> that's a social too far, mate. <laughs> it really is. Oh, my gosh. Oh, dear. So. I'm just like, why does this exist? <laughs> So how do you, how do you, um, gosh, are you like, so you're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, I'm assuming I haven't actually. Yeah. I'm not on Facebook that much these days, but also yeah. on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Twitter, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Instagram and tick, tick, tick of the tuck. Tick of the tuck. And so how do you manage to not spend most of your waking hours, uh, creating content or putting stuff up? Like, how do you, how do you actually Put put a ring around the amount of time that you spend doing that stuff. Oh God, Kathy, this <laughs> this is this is a battle right now. I'm actually trying to streamline the amount of social media attention that I'm giving because, for the most part, my opinions about social media are not always are not very positive. Yeah. And um, if I wasn't a creative, I probably wouldn't have that much to do with it. But because I am, I have to kind of use them and. The battle that I'm having now, the challenge rather, is just making enough content for the right platforms. I mean, I do cross post anyway, but also just not being on the platforms when I don't need to be because I'm vulnerable to mindless scrolling on Instagram oh. and I can fall into the comparison trap as well. So there's been celebrities and people who I've either blocked, muted or unfollowed because it's like, ah, don't remind me of how far I have to go. Mm. So that that uh, it's a challenge. It it really is. I I need I need a better relationship with it. If I'm being yeah. completely honest, I just need a better relationship because it's someone. I heard someone say once that social media is energy exchange because as you're writing and as you're creating content for it, you are using energy and that is taking energy out of you. So I have to be careful and mindful of that. And I wish there was someone who could tell me how to have a better relationship with this. I. I'm not that person, is he? <laughs> oh man! I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wish uh, you could help me, Kathy. <laughs> I wish I could. No, I find it really hard as well, and I find it hard because I I do that thing where where I look at what other people post, and I love people mm. who get it right. And you're at to me, yes. you're one of those people who does. You do because you post Thank you. original stuff and interesting stuff and 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 you know just great. It's just what you do makes me happy. And when I look at it, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to see what you post, and I'm happy to see what you know. Someone like Teresa, person, most of my, uh, mm. you know, my friends, my fellow voiceover friends. I love seeing what they post. I love what's happening in their lives and when they you know whatever. Um, and I also love looking at. <laughs> endless things about dogs and animals and 
And you just, oh, what's that thing? Fluff. That, yeah, I know. that. What's that thing that where they save animals every, all the, the dodo. Oh, my God. Oh, the dodo, yeah. I literally spend channel. probably, I hate to admit, like about half an hour a day just, and I'll look at, I'll suddenly go, where, what happened? I was just eating breakfast and now it's like 10 o'clock. What? Yeah, so how was it 3 a.m. already? <laughs> and I just, I find it really hard. But I think, I think the key, and I think I've just accidentally said it but I think the key is if if you if what you're posting is making someone happy then Mm. job done you know that's great and it's also obviously a a really useful tool for us because it it's it's showing people what we can do but um but I don't want to get in marketing it's it is marketing but I when I start getting into the headspace of oh I better I better put something up that you know shows that I'm working yes that's when I uh I'm like nah don't and <laughs> just don't do it. Don't do it. Nobody yes. really needs to to see that. Unless unless it's done in a way that is funny, entertaining, interesting, blah, 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 you know? And I think that's mm-hmm. – that's, um, anyway, I don't know. I have no – I just uh, don't know. I really don't know. I, another thing I'm learning with regards to the, the social needs is just um, quality over the over quantity. Yes. Because um, – I, I don't post every day. I don't even post every other day. No, me But neither. I try as much as I can to just make it, a I guess, a quality post that is, like you say, fun, entertaining, informative. You know, yeah, I once heard someone say that your brand is how you make people feel. Yeah. So it really warms my heart when you say that what I post makes you feel happy. So I'm like, oh, that that's that's a really good thing. So And also we have to remember that we are at the mercy of a corporate soulless algorithm that plays favorites uh, so w- with regards to just kind of getting more followers i was just kind of like ugh, you know what don't get on that bandwagon it's a gamble just be authentic to you essentially it's that stuff. authenticity and because you, i mean sometimes it is lovely to see not lovely but it's it's engaging and nice to see when somebody's not doing so great as long as it's not one of those those 25 page facebook oh, things where somebody just like goes on forever about the horrific things well that's why i can't look at facebook no. too much because it actually brings Same. me down but i find on on instagram because it's more visual and what you know people i don't know it's it's a it's a lighter energy but i do get sucked into it ah, me too so much it's but a tiktok is a, is a whole little universe that i have dis- i only know really because i know about it i mean i know about it because i know about it but i people like you who post on tiktok and then put what they've posted on tiktok onto instagram so i see it and i'm like oh okay but i was uh, apparently with tiktok um you can't choose what you see. You start by putting in what you're interested in, and then and then the algorithms just take you one after another, don't they? Isn't that it's, correct? So I, I guess I get shown so much random crap by TikTok on my feed. I'm like, why are you showing me this? I didn't register this as an interest. It's like, why are you showing me this cringy video? I don't I don't understand. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird place. I can also kind of get. You can kind of get sucked into the vortex of scrolling upwards as well. But also with regards to TikTok, it, it was really designed for people who have a lot of time on their hands, i.e. people under the age of 20, because it. it takes so long to edit stuff and learn how to put this and add music and whatnot. I'm just like, man, which is why when we were all in lockdown last year, you know, TikTok blew up because yeah. we had nothing to do. So there was a whole bunch of people on it, but it takes so much time to make these videos. I'm just like, man, you need to just have nothing to do to commit to this. So, 
<laughs> so like there's some things I actually want to do with regards to TikTok and voiceable, but that is going to take time and brain energy and writing. So it's like, okay, okay. Yeah. we need to, we need a, some templating needs to happen. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I, it's, it does. It just takes so much time. And anyway, I don't know. And I didn't <laughs> grow up with having a, basically a computer in my hand. I do, I, I, you know, <laughs> sort of. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, I did, but it was called a Game Boy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and it was a brick. I loved it. <laughs> oh, funny. So, is he? Our time is drawing near, mm. but I am so looking forward to hearing what you have brought to read. Oh, my. So, let me. Okay, so this is a poem I haven't performed in a while, actually. Um, it's called She Is. I wrote it in 2009. And um, it's essentially a tribute to womanhood because I've had a lot of positive influence over the years from women. I was raised primarily by women. So this is kind of the tribute that I wrote. And yeah, so okay. this is she is. Here we go. Wonderful. She is lavender, rosemary, and thyme. She is flavor, reason, and rhyme. Thea, Portia, Ngozi, and Clementine. She is a Texas tornado. She is Indian monsoon rain. She is a pink lady apple. She is a Jamaican plantain. Her hands are needed to pluck the splinter from a child's finger, to run liniment on her husband's aching muscles, to smack some sense into the wayward mouthy youth who seems to think that he knows more than she does. Her mind is needed to help her mate redecorate, to turn dough into a work of art. To show malleable young girls that having a boob job, tummy tuck, and lipo at age 15 is pointless. She is softer than chinchilla, sharper than icicles. She is the tingling pain in my neck when it's being massaged. She knows that highlights, lip gloss, and mascara won't add to her value, but they help. She is butter that melts in the hands of the right person because he knows that she knows how much he values her. Even the walls of the thick-skinned, fiery redhead will crumble when she knows she's cared for. She is desirable to many men and to one man who enjoys her in her youth and her maternity. Even at 40, 50, 60, her hips don't lie. He says so. She is abused. Her life forsaken, her liberties taken, her identity mistaken for the sake of entertainment. When she is a vixen or a seductress, she is not herself. When she makes her beauty her idol, she ruins herself. When she makes her body a sensual weapon, she maligns herself. She is illumination in the dark recesses of a man's world. She is the truth wrapped up in lies and sold on the internet. She is comfortable with her curves despite the media's preaching. She's uncomfortable with obesity and comfort eating. She's Alice in Wonderland, curious. She's Wendy in Neverland, adventurous. She's Esther in the King's Land, courageous. She is worth her weight in gold in Yahweh's hands. Glorious. The end. Oh, wow. Wow. You have an extraordinary way with words, Issy the Scribe. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was, that was a lot. <laughs> fantastic. Amazing. Thank you. I Thank wanna, you. I, 
I want a copy of that. I mean, I know I can listen to it, but I'd love a copy of that if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, I think yeah. it can be arranged. Thank you very much. So, Issy. Um, yes? Coming to the end now, and I want everybody to know where to find you. And are you, Izzy, Izzy the Scribe across all of your everything, social medias and everything? Yeah, pretty much. So, at Issy the Scribe, one word, I-S-I-T-H-E. S-C-R-I-B-E. It even rhymes. So, mm-hmm. at Issy the Scribe on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and the TikTok. Facebook as well, but I'm not on Facebook all that much these days. And you can also get in touch via my website, uh, com. Right. Excellent. And you're actually out. You're completely free to do whatever you like now in the UK. Is that right? Like, COVID's... I mean, COVID's still there and people are still getting really sick, but... It's um, it's still around. It's there. Yeah. But we're not in lockdown anymore. Um, people are still wearing masks and being distant, but pretty much everything has opened up. Um, cases have fallen the past six days, but we're still being cautious. I'm getting my second jab this weekend as well. So oh, fantastic. Thank God for the vaccinations. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. Thank God for them because um, yep. I'm, I'm actually getting my second jab in a couple of weeks' time. And Sweet. I am so looking forward to it. Not the actual jab, but the <laughs> yeah, yeah, knowing they, that they're, I won't, you know, like die from a virus. <laughs> that bit. Yeah, we don't want that. No, no we, we want you around as much as possible. Yes, we do. Yes. Uh, it's, it's just been, it's been as delightful as I knew it would be. I've been looking Aww. forward to this for a very long time. Um, Me too. Yeah, you're just you're such a breath of fresh air on the. You know, I just I love everything that you you are. You know, I love I love what you post and you say. And one of the very first times I actually even noticed you was at the beginning of COVID, and on one of Teresa's, I think it was a challenge or something. But you, yeah, you, you basically just the message that you were giving was, hey, you know, look. We're all going to have to be in lockdown for a while, but just maybe take this time to take a breather. And, and yeah, you know, and I, I so appreciated that. I was like, oh, I like this man. Thank you. Yeah, because like, the productivity posts were coming in thick and fast in that period. And I was like, oh, gosh, we got, we got to slow down. I got I have to slow down. So and thank you so much. I didn't realize that it resonated with you as well. Oh, very much so. Yeah, I just remember thinking exactly what you're saying. It was there was too much of people going, "Right, I'm going to uh, lose 20 pounds in the next it and I'm going to run, you know, run a marathon." I'm going to write the next Ameri- great American novel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there like, was too much of that. <laughs> every second it's ad like, was was for some <laughs> some course or whatever. And I was like, "Ugh, you know, I just who knew then it was going to last so long, by the way, but um Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's been a long, long time. Um, and we're in lockdown here. Yay, for about another month, probably. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. I We've thought Australia a- was free. I thought Sydney was free. Are you based in Sydney or yeah, not? Yeah, in Sydney, yeah. But we had another outbreak of the Delta here. And oh, no, that one. The old Delta strain. And and because Australia is a bit of a bubble and we have not we have had so little COVID here, in comparison and because the lockdowns mm-hmm. have been so severe and so quick and we're an island so we can protect ourselves in that way but i think the the severity of the actual disease itself and it's not really sunk in to a lot of people here and um, right. and also our vaccine rollout has been it's been slow 
Uh, I think we've been a bit of Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, I think there's about 16% of adults here that are actually double vaxxed now and but they're try I mean they're trying it's just because because we were one of the least affected countries around the world us and New Zealand um, mm-hmm. it was just other people's needs for the vaccine outweighed ours and so it's been uh, it's taken a long time for us to get to get enough vaccines in so anyway right yeah mm, so there you go and there's a pretty pretty interesting anti-vax movement here so movement well. yeah uh, yeah that's happening here too unfortunately yeah yeah it's just really sad it really is anyway there you have it well i was hoping to leave on a happier note than that <laughs> <laughs> I need one of well we're both laughing <laughs> exactly oh, what can you do is he what can you do just laugh for the yeah, it's one of the two. <laughs> anyway, what a story. Your life is just amazing. And I really so appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. And thank you great. so much for having me on this. I was really, really looking forward to this. This has made my day. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. Well, have a wonderful, joyful, fabulous day. And um, thanks again for coming on Voice Over Voices. You're most welcome. Have a great day, Kathy. <laughs> Kind regards. Fondest, fondest, warmest regards. (laughs) Quite. (laughs) Quite. Have a great day, Kathy. Thanks, Izzy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Voice Over Voices. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell people about it and rate, review and subscribe so others can find us. To get in touch, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Voice Over Voices Podcast. See you soon. (laughs) 